Blog Talk Radio. So it's faith-based. So you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know they were pretty much scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible is saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about battle toads? So, tonight on the round table, we're going to have William back. Thanks for joining me, William. Yay! Great to be here. Woo! All right, so this... This is, again, part of the relaunch, where we are going to try to have this be an actual roundtable kind of a thing, instead of just me ranting into the ether. And tonight, what I thought we'd talk about are commandments. I gave my wife a quick quiz last night and said, hey, how many commandments can you name? How many do you think she got, William? I'm going to say six out of ten. That's right. That's right. Six out of ten. That's right. I gave her. Well, she got 7 out of 10 because I gave her one because I I said that uh, I was raised Catholic, you see. And in my Catholic religion, we lost a commandment, right? Nowhere in Catholicism will you hear anything forbidding uh, graven images. We Catholics love our graven images. There is no way we're going to have a commandment saying no graven images. Yeah, because you couldn't have saints in that in that case. Exactly. No idols, no other worship before, or no, no other god before me. Which, if you want to get technical, I mean, the saints are technically considered godlike in the Catholic culture. They're like demigods. They're they're the uh, they're messengers. That's the word I was looking for. That's probably the word I was looking for. Demigods. They're heavenly middle management. You know, you you can probably get in trouble with the saints, but as far as help is concerned, eh, maybe not. Although uh, we always had uh, 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 Saint Andrew is famous because he was crucified on a cross in the shape of an X. We're getting off topic, but I don't care. Uh, that was always that was always the thing that I had to learn about Andrew. Andrew was crucified on an X. I don't know why that's significant. Uh, I don't know why being spread eagle on a, on a tree is significant, but apparently uh, Catholics think it was. You know, in a historical context, I mean, if it was the first time someone had been crucified like that, I could understand. But, I mean, other than religiously speaking, I wouldn't see why that would be significant either. I'm, I'm with you there. So, I'll, uh, <laughs> we're... we're uh, what were was the graven images a thing that you remember being forbidden to have uh whenever whenever you subscribe to the religion william well see i grew up in a, a different upbringing I, I grew up in a southern baptist culture which we really didn't have the uh the graven images thing basically as long as you attended church on sunday you blessed everybody's heart every day of the week you were good to go so i mean there were times where you were, where I myself personally were like, okay, uh, going back to the Ten Commandments, I would look at that commandment and be like, okay, so does that mean everything I hold dear on earth here on earth is a graven image? And if that's the case, then 
should I not like doing this, that, or the other? That That's the only uh, yeah. thing about the graven images that I had with my upbringing. I really wasn't wasn't brought up in a strict denomination. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So I was lucky in that aspect, I guess. Or unlucky, depending on your view, because, because of, you know, how others were brought up. It could have been a lot rough. A lot more rough. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. That's that, that's totally true. I always thought it was interesting that um, now almost all of the versions of the Ten Commandments have that you shall not take the name of your Lord in vain, right? Which my parents interpreted as don't be cursing, right? Don't use foul language. Although that's not what the commandment actually says, or what it was actually supposed to mean. But that was the way that they got us to not say naughty words. Was that was that something that you had to put up with, too? Sort of. I mean, getting to that commandment, I mean, taking the... I, I think you're on to something there when you say that uh, it was their way. It's the religious way of um, not getting getting you not to say naughty words, and you know when I was growing up, my parents were were big on the uh, not cursing, not swearing. But I could hear them swear every other day when they when they fussed at me. But you know that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> but getting to the bigger point of the commandment itself, you know, if I were to design a religion, design a faith, and if I wanted to control certain aspects of the people to keep them in check, I would institute something like like what the Ten Commandments has because then you're thinking everything you say is blasphemous, you know, as far as swearing. Um, then you also got to look at the morality of it because then, then that commandment brings morality into play. What exactly does a group of people in a faith consider moral? And I think that's where the I think morality branches off of that commandment. Yeah, you know, you hear a lot these days about how uh, all morality is based off the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments give us the foundation for all morality, and and, and the ones that they always throw at you mm-hmm. then are the ones that people can remember, right? The first ones that people can remember, like no killing, no stealing. No lying, those kinds of things, and, and and I'll I'll grant right that killing and stealing and lying are probably not good things. Uh, uh, we should probably put those in the not moral category. It seems weird though that uh, no raping didn't make the list and uh, no child beating didn't make the list. Mm-hmm. It just seems weird that those no, two only, things are no, just absent. No. No owning another human being. Right, right. Where's the where's the no slave owning commandment? You'd think that that would be there if we were going to get this from a truly moral source, and that this is going to form the foundation of our morality. Uh, I just don't see these things here, and these are pretty egregious, uh, uh, immoral things. Exactly, I, I, I agree. And you know, whenever I get tasked with that question about well, where do you get your morals from well 
my first response is usually not the Bible. <laughs> I mean, because the Bible is not the most morally high standard that I'd want to live to. I mean, the people who make the, the, the people of religious faith and more accurately fundamental religious faith that make the moral argument nine times out of ten haven't read more of them in the, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm, I'm not one that's read the Bible all the way through, you know, from cover to cover. I'm still working on that one. But, I mean, there's some things in there that make you question whether or not, you know, is this really something I want to live by? Right. Yeah, right. Uh <laughs> Well, uh, th- there, there's a game, or, or a meme, I should say. There's a meme of a game on Facebook where the game is, let's both open up uh, to a random page in the Bible, do exactly what it says, last person to be arrested wins. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that yet, but that's funny. <laughs> The problem is, is that you could really see yourself getting into some serious trouble just doing the, whatever you see coming out of a random page of the Bible. You could, that could get you in some real hot water. Exactly. But I do, I do want to make one thing clear, clear though, as far as what I'm, what I'm, ta- what, what we're saying here. In just case there's, by any chance, you know, some, some Christian or somebody is going to listen to this. We're not saying that the Bible is completely all bad. I mean, there are some good parts. I think of the Bible as like a storybook. There's good parts and bad parts. But the bar, the bad parts far outweigh the good parts, in my opinion. I always, th- I, I always think it's far more interesting to note what passages of the Bible a person finds most holy. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see that. The, the parts of the Bible that they like the most, uh, those tell me more about the person than they ever will about the Bible. You know what I mean? That's interesting that you put it that way. I, I, was, said that. I was talking to a believer once, and he said, look, out of the entire Bible that I read, I got two things. I got love God and love other people. And those are the things that I take out of the Bible, and that's the way I want to live. And I'm like, dude, that says way, way more about you than it ever does about the Bible. There's there's an awful lot of crap in the Bible that I could point to that would contradict what you're saying, but I don't want to, because I think those are good things to take from the Bible. You, you've chosen those things because you want to find good things there, and you recognize those as good things, and that says more about you than it does anything about what the book you're reading. Exactly, exactly. You know, and... I think that when you boil it down, people more or less they'll get what they want out of reading the Bible or any book that they read. It's not about what's in there. It's about how you interpret it as an individual. Yeah, well, we say that about good art, right, about any good art, whether it be literature or a painting or a sculpture. It's what the observer or the reader or the consumer of art takes away from it. That's that's the important thing. Um, And if we look at the Bible as a piece of literature, as a piece of art, um, I think it's only natural that we find the things that we like in it, and we hold on to those, and we discard all of the crap about 
owning slaves or beating slaves or beating people in general. We'll discard that as, as we should. It would be awesome if people would recognize that that's what they're doing and realize that they're better than the God they believe in. That would be fantastic. That might be asking too much. Might be going a bit too far asking them to acknowledge that they're better than their own God. Still there, William? Are you with me? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. Oh, good. When, when you're when you're talking about the uh, when you're talking about the fundamentally faithful, I would agree with you on that. But there are a lot of people, you know, that I've had the privilege of talking to that, you know, can see from my perspective, can can uh, understand the arguments, but yet they still latch on to the fundamental faith. And what you're talking about is requiring them to actually wake up and actually change. It's it's like it's like any uh, any point of view. You see you, you see that you might be wrong, but you don't want to change because you don't you don't want to admit it because that would mean that you have to change, and change is always bad according to the mass populace. <laughs> yes, I mean, but I I have talked to a few who have. You know, change their views. You know, um, but on the whole, I would agree with you. Yes, that that is. But then again, I'm a hopeless optimistic, and I believe in the the good of humanity. I believe that it's like uh, Gene Roddenberry once said, "We're in our adolescent stage right now, but when we wake when we wake up and grow up, man, we are going to be something." Mm. He's like a prophet that way. Yeah. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, listen to some listen to some Gene Roddenberry interviews. The man was the man was a philosopher in his own right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Um some some of the uh some of the coolest episodes of Star Trek are when they tackle social issues or when they tackle religion specifically. Uh, the Devil's Due has got to be one of the best episodes of the next generation that, that are out there. It's just good stuff. Absolutely. Oh, man. I've watched about half of the next generation. I've watched all of the original series, and I've watched all of the original series, Voyager, and half of DS9. <laughs> DS9 gets better towards the end. I will say that. Start, oh, it starts getting better once it starts getting better once Worf gets into the picture. Yes, in my opinion. Yes, it it it, it starts getting better uh, as it gets old. It's like a it's like a cheese or a wine. You've got you've really got to let that thing age on you before uh, Deep Space Nine really gets gets to be a good story. Uh, unlike unlike I think Voyager, which starts off pretty good and then starts tapering off to the end, but it goes out with a bang. It goes out with a bang. Oh yeah. They're, they're, oh yeah. There are some seasons in there that we could do without. <laughs> well, they're all they're all good as a whole. I mean, I wouldn't take any of it out. But getting back to the subject at hand, well, I wanted to talk about one thing that no one ever ever mentions in the bot as far as religious folks. 
and I don't see it brought up in arguments a lot between or debates between Christians and or the faithful and atheists is that first commandment, thou shalt have no other God before me, right? Hmm. So if this is the commandments written by God, so is God admitting that there are other gods out, out there? Boy, it kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? I mean, because if he's supposed to be the only God, the one true God, then why would we need a commandment of thou shalt have no other gods before me? That's that's always been a a tick in the back of my head when it, when I was faithful was why do you put that there? Yeah, mm. if if you were the only one, why do you need to? command that you be the only one. You would just be the one. There's no need to command that you be that you be acknowledged as the one. We have no choice. You're the only one. Well, it's, it's, it's like he's, he's, he's not saying he's God, ruler of the universe, creator of all things. It's like he's trying to say his, his gossip is like being a king. I am your one true king. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, Yes, because you could you could acknowledge a different source of authority, uh, but you would. Think, but a king never, but a king never uh, claims to be all powerful, all knowing. Eh, I don't know. I think maybe maybe a king or two in the t- in in the day com- claimed to be all knowing and all powerful. I wonder what uh, that North Korean dude claims to be. For his people, I wonder if he claims to sure. be all powerful sure. over there. Jong Un, Kim Jong Il, Kim Il Sung—they were all considered gods by their people, and they true. But you would think that if you were really the only one, you wouldn't have to say that. You wouldn't have to put it in the commandments. You might say it like, "Hey, I'm the only one here." Anybody else around here? Nope. You know why? Because I'm the only one here. But it wouldn't be a moral commandment that you'd have to follow. That's just taking up space. Exactly. Have you ever heard George Carlin's thing on the Ten Commandments? (laughs) It's been a while, but yeah, I've heard it. (laughs) That man was a comic genius. There was never going to be another like him. I'm, I'm telling you, that that man was way ahead of his time. Yeah, I think he boiled it down to that, to two commandments: thou thou shalt always be loyal and faithful to the provider of thy nookie, and thou shalt try really hard not to kill anyone, unless of course they believe in a different sky fairy than you do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Now, get, now getting to – I know we've spent a while on that one commandment. I know there's like nine others or ten others or something like that. Um, but that's one of the things that really started me to thinking, you know, to becoming an atheist and, believe, and finally figuring out that I really don't believe in all of this. That and what really put the trigger for me 
with uh, Stargate. Mm. Believe it or not. Oh man, yes. So, I mean, I, at that point, I was already not, not going to church, not really reading the Bible much, you know, questioning everything about the tenets of my Baptist Christian faith. But when I started watching that show, and I watched the the whole now, granted, I know that the show is fictitious and it's written by writers, this, that, and the other, but great science fiction does that. It gets you to thinking about what's on the TV and comparing it to what's in real life. And getting back to what I was saying about the only one, what we were talking about, the only, if you're the one and only one, I got to thinking about how, you know, what if. What if this has some play in real life? You know, what if, you know, there was some all-powerful being, or not all-powerful being, but some alien race that came down, or alien individual, back, way back when, you know, and taught us some things, tried to get us past what we were at at the time. And they consider that person a god. And I was just like, yeah, no, I can't blindly follow someone just because they claim to – just because they have something that I don't understand. That was the key is just because you don't understand it doesn't therefore mean a god or a deity. I think my long-winded speech there is what I was trying to get to. There's Just because there's power or a force that you don't understand does not therefore mean a deity that rules over you. Sure. Uh, yeah. Any any technology sufficient sufficiently advanced could not be distinguishable from magic. And so in that show, the technology was so advanced that people could could mistake it for magic. I love that show. Yeah. That was good stuff. I could have done one about the last two seasons, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Once uh, once the original team was split up, yeah, you just couldn't rebuild it with with new. The season eight finale should have been it, yes. in my opinion. Although I do I do like uh, Ben Browder's character in the show. Well, they, I just thought the, the the writing was a little off. It was kind of like Farscape ended, and those actors needed a job, so they just came over to Stargate. Well, all of those actors worked out of Vancouver. They worked out of a Vancouver agency, and Stargate was based out of Vancouver. So, oh, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. A, a lot of shows nowadays, if you if you watch and pay attention, a lot of the shows that are filmed in Vancouver or around that area in Canada, you'll notice a lot of the same character talent in a lot of different shows. It's because they're they're working for those agencies and gigs come up and they get called. Hmm. But that's neither here nor there on the on the uh, commandment issue. Yeah, yeah. So here's so we we've talked about a couple of ways that we can that we could improve the Ten Commandments. You know, throwing things in there like don't be raping. That would be great. Uh, that that'd be a big improvement. Uh, and how about no slavery? That'd be a great improvement. What other th- ways do you think our mortal 
humble, primitive brains could possibly improve on the supposed greatest list of moral commands ever? How about... My one commandment that I've always thought should be included in some sort of commandment or some sort of uh, human rights law is, you know, we are all human at the beginning of the day. None are more power, none are more, or more or less than the other. Treat everyone as as you would want to be treated. The golden rule. I think that that, you know is one that should be in there. That should be a commandment. Um, you know, work to better each other because once we better each other, our species as a whole gets better. That should be another commandment, in my opinion, or another human rights law. Uh, I guess you can. I guess you can consider me kind of a humanist in that respect. Ain't nothing um, wrong with that. Um, let's see, right, right off the top of my head, those are the two that pop out. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I like the idea of maybe an equality kind of commandment. That'd be great. Seems kind of, seems kind of strange that it takes Jesus to come around to bring us to quote unquote bring us the golden rule. Um, even though that would have been around way before he showed up on the scene. I think it would be great if we just had some rule that said, go out and discover the world and find out how truly awesome it really can be. You know, I think that, uh, I think that one of the greatest harms that religion does is that it stifles our curiosity. It stifles our drive to discover and our drive to find out and discover the mysteries of the world, and and, and, and and to find creative solutions for the problems that we have. As long as there are people who, on faith, deny climate change, we're never really going to be able to solve this problem. What, what was it Dawkins said? The problem with the main problem with religion is it teaches us to be okay with not knowing or something like that, not asking questions. Yes, exactly, exactly. There should be a commandment that says. Thou shalt discover all thy possibly can about the universe in which thy inhabits. Uh, there should be a, uh, a a drive. I really think that all humans have this drive to discover this this curiosity that 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 wants to be satisfied. I think that it takes religious faith in thinking that we can be satisfied with these answers to really stifle us from finding the true answers and the real. Uh, wonders that could await us uh, through science, right? <laughs> that command, that commandment could be that commandment or human rights sh- would one simple line: go out and learn all that is learnable. There you go. It's all you would have to do. It's amazing. Two really stupid humans suddenly made the Ten Commandments better than the God could than God could write down on stone slabs. In a holy text, I don't know. I uh, it, it seems uh, that any. I think he was distracted by the TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. We'll forgive you. 
That's fine. All right. Well, uh, we've I've taken up enough of your time tonight, William. Uh, remind everyone how awesome you are and how they can uh, and how they can share in your awesomeness on the interwebs. All right. Well, I've been uh, William. You can uh, follow me on Facebook at uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search William Beachboard, B-E-A-C-H-B-L-A-R-D. I have a new YouTube channel, which is called uh, Real Talk with William B. Uh, I'm uploading a couple of new videos probably in the next couple of days, so check me out there as well. I'll be discussing anything from um, – Religion, politics, sports, basically anything I can think of. Fantastic. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining me tonight, William. I've been Andrew Garver. Take care of yourselves. Have a good one. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook or find your host at slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to andrewtheatheist at gmail.com. This podcast is the official podcast of atheists, humanists, and agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided, as always, by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God is here. We are. Take care of yourselves.